0: Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Friedman, and our guest, our next guest up is Melissa Pancoast, founder and CEO of The Beans. Welcome to Radio Entrepreneurs.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Jonathan. I'm really happy to be here.
0: So first off, tell us a little bit about The Beans. What is it? What do you guys do? Uh, sounds like a really innovative concept.
1: All right. Yeah. Let's get right to it. So at The Beans, we're combining the science of what works to transform people's financial lives with things like our proprietary data models and a smart wallet, to automate the finances of an enormous and overlooked group of people.
0: And uh, to do that, you are tracking people's expenditures and developing forward-looking models in some capacity or looking at habits? Is that is that really what the, the yeah, science behind well, I it think is? It's,
1: it's worth stepping back just a, a step to give a little bit of the context, which is before this. I co-founded a a venture capital fund that invests in artificial intelligence companies. And so that brings a lens of of deep technology and the capacity of our our machine learning models, um, which do classify transactions in which we do use to model um, and respond to behavior as well as to nudge behavior. And before that, I led a research team at the University of Oxford that focuses on how people think and feel about their money. While I was there, I developed a program that's the first thing proven to reduce financial stress um, in pharmaceutical grade, randomized controlled trials. And so that's been rolled out all over the world in a physical sense. And at the Beans, we're taking inspiration from that, as well as lots of other research about what really works and bringing it to life with, with the kinds of models that you're talking about.
0: So tell us about your um, about the current iteration, the beans. Um, who's your target audience? How does it work? How do people interact with it? And what's the time frame or process? I know there's a lot in one question, but uh, you know, how long does it take for me to sign up then it to actually give me intelligence, I guess, to, to yeah, or value know, nav- navigate. So that
1: experience. So we'll start what you asked, like, who, who are we serving? So the products that we build are going to work for anyone who's earning an income, but we're really focused on a group of people within the middle class that we call the caring class. So the caring class are, in America, it's our 40 million teachers, nonprofit, government, and public employees who are hardworking, college educated, living paycheck to paycheck. Um, it's the largest and fastest growing segment of the U.S. population. And interestingly, this audience has higher than average financial stress, so more pain per person around their finances. The, and that's the proverbial one uh, getting
0: squeezed in the middle.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, truly. But it's also it's not just because of, of income. So they're actually more stressed out than people who make the same amount of money, which is fascinating. Um, but that is one of the things that we focus on. And we think it, that's actually because they're really focused on the needs of the people that they are serving in the day to day. So at The Beans, we hook into your bank account, we analyze your historical earning and spending trends, and we tell you what the exact right next step to take is, and then we automate that step for you. So in a really simple sense, there's a couple of things that are proven with with really solid evidence to help you make progress financially. And they are to have a plan for your money, to have some savings. And to spend in alignment with your personality and values. I love that last one because it kind of catches you off guard, right? We're used to a financial system that's very much uh, spreadsheety and very numerical. And this is revealing to us that actually how we, again, think and feel about our money really matters. It dictates how we behave about our money. So have a plan, have some savings, spend in alignment with your personality and values. And so our products are built around that. We connect to your bank account, analyze those historical earning and spending trends, and build you a cash flow plan that's personalized for you. The okay. next thing is that we want you to, you know, get moving forward savings. We most of us know that the average savings rate in the country um, is not at a healthy level. And so we instead of asking people what they want to save or sending people to read a lot of text and figure out what they should be saving. We, again, analyze those historical earning and spending trends, but also the debt burden and expert recommendations of what it takes to reduce your financial stress. And then we tell you what to save and offer to do it for you, moving that money to a high-yield savings account. So you ask how long it takes, you get set up pretty quickly. um, And then we're just working for you month after month as that money is coming into your cash flow plan and then flowing out.
0: And uh, as a user or consumer, am I interacting? It, it, this is all app-based. I take it right, and yeah, it's all app-based. We, we also have it; we've got
1: it on mobile web as well. And um, we really have worked to bring the product to our customers as a, as opposed to having an expectation that they're going to come in and open the app all the time. We still want them in there once a paycheck. Like that's uh, we think very. That's very what I was
0: curious cool. about: is how often do people interact? Yeah, with it's data. good is for it, them. Is-
1: but if you think about it you know, they, there's a, been a lot of people who have tried to crack the nut of consumer finance and most of them take a financial literacy approach or, um, or a tracking approach. And they just, you know, say like, we'll build this thing. And if you come in and look at it all the time, you'll make progress. But what's missed in that is that for a lot of people in our segment, looking at that actually hurts. And you mm-hmm. don't want to build a product that hurts. You want to build a product that relieves pain. And so we've built systems where we are, we communicate positively and proactively, and we do it primarily through text message and email. So we're reaching out to people, giving them the information they need before they make decisions um, and inviting them back into the app. Um, and in those places, we've got really, really high engagement um, over a long period of time.
0: Now, I would imagine that um, everything is customized for the individual. So take into consideration geography or what they may be spending on rent or things of that nature. So everything is balanced. It sounds like you're trying to create balance for individuals in terms of how they map out their financial lives.
1: Yeah, I really believe in personalized finance in a similar way to we have uh, the, the development of personalized medicine today. And so personalized finance is taking into account the attributes of who you are as an individual, where you are, where you are in your life cycle financially, um, taking all of those things into account. So our models really do the brunt of the work as far as geographic um, diversity and location, but we've been served enormously by having this really tight use case that's represented by the caring class, by our audience that's very focused because they generally earn and spend in similar ways and they've got really consistent values. And so that makes it easy to do a great job with a small team initially and with a, with a large sized market. Uh, so absolutely focused on the, on the personalization, but sort of like a Henry Ford, you can have whatever car you want as long as it's black. Like we're really clear about the limitations of our capacity at the size of our current team. Like, and that's you know why we're building an adventure back space so that we can actually grow much more quickly We're clear about what the limitations are um, and the possibility that focus gives us like inside of those limitations.
0: So one of the things we're hearing a lot in the popular press today is, you know, the old notions of, you know, how people are um, allocating spending, you know, based on uh, 40 percent for living expenses and X percent that are sort of getting re thought given inflation yeah. and given changes. Um, is that somewhere you guys are working in the background to try and tweak those things? I just love that that's time? happening
1: because a few years ago, so there's a concept called the 50, 20, 30 budget. Um, mm. We don't use the word budget inside of the beans. So that's, I'm talking about something else, not us. Um so the 50, 20, 30 budget. Fact, you, awesome.
0: You've developed that causes people to shut down as soon as they exactly. hear budget. Well, right. people don't
1: like budgets. It's all, <laughs> it's really the difference between constraining. <laughs> an, an abundance mindset versus yes. a scarcity mindset. And like when people are in an abundance mindset, they can do all kinds of incredible things. And when we are operating in a scarcity mindset, we lose capacity, intelligence, we lose ability. Um, and so as a product, we are working really hard to keep you in that abundant space. So yes, simple things like we don't use the word budget because they suck and, and people hate them, but the 50, 20, 30 budget, which was popularized by Elizabeth Warren and her daughter in a book, which I cannot recall the name of right now, which I find embarrassing. So I apologize, but in, in her book, um, has served many people very, very well, but is coming under fire now because there are, I think, fascinating sites that are showing the modeling of what it would take for someone in our audience to actually live in a 50-20-30 model. So years ago, I realized when we were doing our early customer development that that 50-20-30 model isn't working. And I would say like most startups from about I don't know, four or five years ago, we're all using this model. It's very common. It's on everyone's blogs. Everybody's got it. And I was modeling the finances of our our beta testers, of our, at that time, alpha testers. And I realized that the model is asking you to have 50% of your money set aside for fixed expenses, 20% set aside for your savings and 30% for your lifestyle needs
0: right yeah
1: yeah um and what we realize is that that just it just doesn't work it doesn't add up for people and re- the reality is that our audience is spending about 11 percent or more of their monthly take-home pay on their student loans alone mm. and then add to that the the credit card burden that the middle class has today and so instead of having 20 percent going to savings we had nearly 20 percent going to debt um and that doesn't feel good Right, And so we, we developed our own model, actually. We call it the sixty forty model um, for, for your cash flow. Simplicity. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, and people actually really like that. It's really simple. And we think of it as like your starter plan. This is your tricycle. It's like, let's get you set up and on the right path. 60% of your income goes to what we call fixed expenses um, and then 40% to flexible. And what's happening inside of that is inside of those fixed expenses um, is your future Which we consider both paying down things like your debt as well as building up savings and investing in the long term. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this is also it's split behaviorally. Again, fixed things are happening because you put them on a schedule, right? And flexible things are happening because you made a daily decision to do it. And that's really different than the conventional model, which has like a needs-wants vibe to it. And you know, you put again, these are hardworking people. They need and want they should, I don't like to use the word should, but we would love for them to need and want everything that they spend their money on. Um, right. And they deserve to like, you deserve, you're a hardworking American. Right. You deserve to enjoy your finances. And I think that's something that's definitely missed in the discourse today is like, you know, it's like, it's, it's needs and wants, and you should just get rid of all of the wants in order to cover your needs. And it's like, that doesn't work for humans. Well,
0: well it's really fascinating. It sounds to me like what you've done at the Beans is instead of taking things um, like financial literacy and creating concepts that people can latch on to, you're really taking um, into consideration how people learn, which is ultimately changing habits, right? And we're not going to be successful until we can ingrain the change of habit. And so by, by you know, using AI and by you're taking the habits and then you're ingraining well, forcing.
1: reinforcing. Add- I'd add two things to that. I would say, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. Financial literacy is proven to not work. Full stop. And it's, that's disturbing to me. We live in a country with a month dedicated to financial literacy, where financial stress is the number one and most persistent form of stress in the country. Hmm. Like financial stress. And only getting causes, worse. <laughs> yeah. Financial stress causes divorce. Financial stress causes heart disease. Financial right. stress. I, it, it's, I don't want to go into the, the, weeds, but it, is, it, <laughs> it is more dangerous than the other forms of stress, which is fascinating to our physical health. And if you think of like all of the investment going towards mental health, if your key driver of mental health issues is financial stress and anxiety, like, wow, we got to adapt and change how we're approaching these things. So financial literacy does not work. It, it there's lots going into that, um, which maybe could be on another podcast. Um, But you mentioned habits, and we love habit formation at the Beans, but we also understand that it's really difficult, really difficult to implement. And that's why we really focus on the automation piece. And so I don't actually expect my customers to develop meaningfully different habits. I expect to show them what is a healthy, great, strong path for them, And at that moment, that's a default. So that's a behavioral strategy called a default. This is great for you. And if they say, yes, I want that, then we'll automate it for them. And that automation I think of as the new discipline. And so we're effectively instantly making a savings habit by automating it. Um, There's a lot that goes around that to make sure you don't overdo it, which will cause that person to like boomerang. But you set that up for success and then they've got that habit forever, right? And then that's just, you know, thanks to the power of automation, which we really believe in. So there is some that some that can happen um, by moving people and establishing habits. And, and that's where in those daily decisions, you, you do have to change your mindset about how you're spending if you want to make big gains. Um, but in the, the bulk of the work has has to do with that, you know, the 70% there's 60% side that that's pretty regular and that we can just change automatically.
0: Really, really fascinating. Really wonderful. Um, we don't have uh, a lot of time, <laughs> but just before we do go, and I'd love to get into more of that. And perhaps, as you said, at a later time, but yeah. uh, tell us about the path thus far. What's, what's the ramp in? What's the scale? How many people are using it? Um, how long is it taking you to get here? That type of uh, yeah, stuff. I'll that say, everybody...
1: and, I, and I say this and, and um. I also want to, Wanted to talk just a little bit about the, the journey of, of women as founders. Um, our, our, our journey, my journey has been long and I don't recommend doing it this way, but I think that everyone's journey is different. And I, I wish that for everyone. Like I want people to have a different experience than I've had. You know, I started running this business at a time before a lot of the infrastructure um, and venture funds and attention even existed about the lack of funding that was going mm. to female founders. Um, I started this with a co-founder and we split early on. It was very elegant. Everyone around us says like, wow, that was that was very smooth. We're still great friends um, and the company's in great shape. So, you know, it, I've been through a number of stages, like both on the company development side and then also raising capital essentially a little bit at a time over over years. Um, but where we are today is very, very exciting. And so I've got the team in a phenomenal place. We're growing really rapidly. We figured out a distribution strategy that is exceptional. Uh, and um, yeah, things are really working for us. So you asked where we are today. We're, we're at about 12,000 people on the platform. Um, yeah, we're automating a, a considerable amount of money. And um, yeah, we're having a wonderful time. Wow.
0: Wonderful. It sounds like you're in a great place. Sounds like it's been, uh, um, you know, a long path to getting there. I wish you continued it, success. And
1: It has, um, but I'm also, I'm kind of like coming into that on my own. I, I think there's a feeling, I think it, there's so many things for early um, the early entrepreneurial journey, where you feel ashamed like about something that's happened, and the reality is, is like all kinds of crazy things happen to all of us as founders on this journey. And so for me, yeah, it's taken us a little while to get here, but we have learned so much on that journey. And there's really nothing more valuable than the fact that we've we've already we've already tested a lot of things, and we know what is working and what isn't. Um, and that is not something that you know that you can usually get. I'm in this earliest stage of company.
0: And, and not a, and not read about it either. The experience is always the best uh, best teacher, really. right? Uh, absolutely. Really. Our, our guest has been uh, Melissa Pancoast. Wonderful to have you on, she, uh, founder absolutely. and CEO of The Beans. It's been uh, a, a pleasure learning about your company. If people want to get in touch with you, want to engage with you, want to, uh, I guess, sign up yeah. for The Beans, what's the best way for them to do well, that? Well, yeah.
1: So if you want to get in touch with me, drop me an email. I'm melissa at thebeans.io. So that's M-E-L-I-S-S-A at thebeans.io. If you want to try out the product it's available on the app store it's also available on mobile web but only through our partnerships so if you are responsible for a large number um, even a small or medium number of teachers nonprofit professionals uh, healthcare workers or um or or public employees you know also get in touch because we'd love to bring the beans
0: too. wonderful so you, so you have a real partnership program geared towards corporations yeah and you and know i know that we're right at time gears. but
1: that's I would say the thing that I'm most excited about right now, we've effectively, we're serving the largest employer of teachers in the country. So we've partnered with the National Head Start Association. Mm-hmm. they have got about 300,000 teachers and staff, and, it, and that makes them one of the largest employers in the country. And they're you know top 20 as far as employment reach. And um, we're bringing financial, financial care uh, to all of their hardworking people.
0: Wonderful. Well, yeah. I when you wish you continued success on this journey and I uh, would love, love to catch up again and hear a little bit more about the, uh, the process that you've gone through. So, Anytime. I
1: really appreciate wonderful. it. Our, our
0: guest on Radio Entrepreneurs has been Melissa Pencoast, uh, CEO, founder again of The Beans. And it's been a real pleasure having you on Radio Entrepreneurs. And we'll be right back with another segment on Radio awesome. Entrepreneurs. Thanks, Thank Bye. you.